Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Not long after I gave birth to my second child, I thought I could do a short walk to our local shops. It's maybe one kilometre from where we live. It's an easy walk and one I could do without thinking pre-birth. But by the time I got there, I was shattered. I had really underestimated the impact of labour on my body. Hannah Darlin is a professor at the School of Nursing and Midwifery at Western Sydney University. Hi, Hannah. Hi. Are there any physical comparisons to what your body goes through when it's labouring? Giving birth is an extreme sport. (laughs) (laughs) And not all of us are athletes when we go into it. Uh, It is, you know, people will say that the hormonal and and muscular um, experience, it's a physiological experience of birth, is is even more extreme but, but has a similar intensity to death. And with death, we obviously go through amazing shutdown of organs. And I don't want to really compare those two other than to say there's no other experience in a human's life that compares to giving birth. Every part of your body works when it comes to giving birth. Your muscles, your ligaments, your skeletal structure, your brain, your tissues, your every single aspect of your body is flooded with hormones. There is not one part of you that is untouched when you give birth. Right, so I should have kept that in mind. Now, what I did, what I was thinking when I went on that ill-fated walk, was that um, with my first birth, I'd had an epidural, and the second birth, um, I didn't have an epidural. And my sister, she had said to me, she'd had a similar experience, and she said, oh, "I definitely recovered quicker when I didn't have an epidural." And I had heard similar stories around, so I thought. <laughs> oh, okay, I should bounce back. And so literally that first week thought a walk down the street will be fine. And so I was quite shocked when I discovered that I was, my body was still really tired and felt out of shape. Would it have been even worse had I had an epidural? Does it make any difference to recovery what drugs your body has had in its system while you're giving birth? So a couple of things with an epidural. Uh, when women really need them, they're brilliant. If you don't need them, then best to avoid. And they do alter labour and they increase your risk of needing forceps or vacuum. Uh, they increase your risk of needing to have drugs into your body to make your contractions work. Because epidurals do have an effect on the hormones that are associated with labour and birth. And those hormones also have the drug in them called endorphin. And that endorphin hormone helps you to feel really well. Now, one of the big risks of women feeling really well, after you have a baby, you are on a high, my God, I just birthed an entire human. Look what I've done. I'm just amazing. There is such a tendency to want to just get on with life and go for a walk and show your baby off. And that's because some of those hormones are still in your body. Give it a week and suddenly you go, oh my God, am I really only 25 or 30? I feel like I'm, I'm 100. Because those hormones have started to come down. The muscle positions you've had your baby in, some of those muscle aches are starting to come out. The other thing is you lose between 500 to a litre of blood 
when you give birth. Wow. So if your hemoglobin, your, your iron in your blood has been borderline, then it will have gone even lower. So you now don't have the ability to carry the oxygen around your body as well as you did when you had that extra amount of blood. So that these are a couple of reasons why I would never say to a woman, go for a walk a week after her birth. I would always say, protect the first 28 days, um, look after yourself, get your energy back, get your hemoglobin up, recover, be looked after, and then start gentle exercise before you move on to more extreme stuff. A woman who hits the gym a week or two after birth, she's actually probably going to be damaging her body. And that's really important message. You are not ready a week or two after birth to get back into your sporting. Oh, my Lord. No. <laughs> um, now, I don't want to put people off if they're pregnant, but the reality is for me was um, I remember breastfeeding my son. This is my second child. Again, with this idea that I had had a vaginal birth and I hadn't had any drugs, so I should be feeling amazing. And everything hurt. Mm. Uh, my vagina hurt. My boobs hurt. Breastfeeding was, for some reason, painful both times for me uh, when I first started. And I just sat there feeling so sorry for myself. My hair was probably starting to fall out. Yeah. <laughs> um, when it comes to, you know, we talk about when you're pregnant and you might be feeling... Uh, having morning sickness and it's a good sickness to have it shows you your pregnancy is healthy most of the time is there such a thing as good pain I guess or expected pain post-birth Look, if you've had vaginal trauma if you've had a tear or, or a cut to the vagina then you've got to think that that needs to heal um, if you had an appendectomy, you wouldn't be expecting to be bouncing around the place if you had your appendix out you wouldn't expect to be running around the place a week afterwards so it takes a good six weeks to six months for the complete healing to occur generally by six weeks you should not be having significant pain in your vagina if you are i would say please seek help your breasts have gone from from normal to Dolly Parton, that can really hurt. And what happens when that happens is, and a lot of women don't realize, is if you don't get the baby on the nipple well, the baby slips off because of these gorgeous big boobs and gets your nipple, and therefore you set up nipple damage, and then that can be an that can be such a, an awful cycle. The high, those hormonal endorphins, that high you had in the first few days, is starting to drop on down. The support and the visitors may be starting to dwindle off out. And, you know, your partner may be starting to go back to work. So you put all of that together. And this is why new mothers need to be nurtured. I say treat every woman like a goddess. Because they are the holders and creators of the future. So why do we not expect to cherish them with utmost care and respect? So some pain is normal. It shouldn't go on. That should be recovered. And, and get help and get support and don't deal with it on your own. But, but I can also say where women have continuity care, we know this, and they have a midwife they trust already and they feel comfortable with, when she comes and does the postnatal care, which in my practice we go up to six weeks, that woman's feeling nurtured every day. That woman knows that midwife's a phone call away. And just knowing that and having that security can reduce a lot of that. And also it explains, you know, midwives are very good at saying, yeah, yeah, that's normal. But I understand it's not necessarily easy. And sometimes we just need to sort out what's normal and what's abnormal. Mm, and sometimes there's a lot of silence around things that you should be fixing. Because when you yes. said about the appendicitis, I was like, yeah, of course not. But... Um, and I had an episiotomy and then I had a tear on my second. And both times I was like, oh, 
I should be feeling this much pain, but I should also just be getting on with stuff, which is just cultural, I think. Don't you? That we just expect Uh, uh, mothers to suck it up and get on, but we wouldn't expect a similar injury to be treated that way. Absolutely. And look, birth is a normal life event, but that doesn't mean that we don't support it and make sure that there's optimal health. Around the world, it's still a cause of of a lot of women dying, not in our country, very luckily. But if we don't look after women in that first stage, not only is it about the fact that they may become physically unwell, mental health issues may start to to appear, relationships may start to fracture because the husband can't, the partner can't work out why suddenly his lovely, sane wife is, you know, acting like, you know, something, she's acting more crazy. So if we don't look after them, there's there's certainly that physical stuff and, and that emotional stuff. But what's even more key is if you don't have a well happy connected mother and baby that baby now is being affected even by how many words a mum speaks even by the tone in her voice we know this is all wiring a baby's brain so let's get in and support mothers so that we can end up with a healthy society now you may have if someone's pregnant they may have seen the pictures of how the baby grows and what's happening around their their body I'm not a very um, science-based person. don't really like knowing what's happening to my body sometimes. And I'm always surprised at just how much our organs move when you have a baby growing inside. After birth, do they all just slip on right back where they started? They do. And if you actually look at those pictures, you think, how does the human body go through that and not feel like everything's getting squished? But it does. You may eat smaller meals as you get you know, towards the end of pregnancy, but it does. It literally slips on back down. But sometimes you can actually feel that slipping. So women will sometimes talk about the fact that I feel like I've still got the baby in there and they're feeling movements. Well, I think it's often about the fact that the, the organs are kind of settling back in place and, it, you know, you get a few squeaks and grumbles and shifts. But, yeah, it does. All goes back to normal. Talk to me about the uterus because that's possibly done the most work of all parts of our body. What does that feel like when everything else – because it can't stay the same size <laughs> – no, and it's the uterus is a, just an extraordinary organ, and it's it's a lot of muscles and fibers, and uh, it basically when the baby comes out, it 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 does two things: it it, it collapses down or gets smaller because. The, the space is not occupied and then that helps the placenta come down so when if you imagine a balloon and then you shrink a balloon you imagine a placenta's in the side of that balloon once you shrink that balloon it shears off and it drops down and that helps the placenta come come down and then after birth your placenta sits somewhere up sorry your uterus sits somewhere up at about your belly button and then each day it drops about a centimeter and by six weeks it's gone behind your pubic bone it's back wow. to being like a pear size so you know women's bodies are just amazing and does that always feel a bit like um premenstrual tension when it's contracting like cramps it feels like a when after birth it can feel like a really um you know and women have different periods so it can feel like a fairly significant period the thing that we know though is the more babies you have the more that afterbirth pain affects you so women will often say actually the afterbirth pain was worse than giving birth once they've had a few babies wow so i will always say to a woman who's had you know three or more more babies let's don't be shy of the panadol because the afterbirth pain can be significant also a nice hot water bottle have that in stock because that can certainly help reduce that but again 
it, it, that uterus of a woman who's had several babies has been stretched. So it's got to do more work to get back down to its nice little pear shape. So it's simply working harder to, to get back down to, to that size. There's nothing abnormal, but it's certainly the, the more babies you have, the more that uterus works to, to get itself back, and that can cause some pain. Are there any other tips you'd have for women post-birth on how they can recover well from labour? I think the biggest tip that I could give women post-birth is make sure that you line up people to come and bring meals and to help with tasks. When somebody says, what can I do to help? Don't say, oh, no, we'll be right, because that's the heroic first-time mother, you know. I'm going to show everyone that I'm the first superhero that's ever lived on Earth after a baby. <laughs> say to them, no, it would be great if you could drop a meal over. Get a roster going. Get someone in charge of getting a roster going. There are some... Um, when I've looked after women who are looked after, for example, who, who have their children at Montessori schools, the entire school puts a roster on for every woman, and for the first 20-odd days, they get a meal every day from somebody. Wow. If you don't have that community support, and some women don't, then get some meals in the freezer beforehand. Um, so critically get support have a midwife you know provide your antenatal care and your birth care and then you will just feel so much support postnatally because you'll have someone you trust make sure that you go and and tag tap in and most of most of us will connect you up with a maternal child health nurse and also get onto groups like the ABA, the Australian Breastfeeding Association. Get on, become a member. There are so many answers to questions on those lines because breastfeeding and child development are two things. The other fantastic website, and I edit a lot of their content, and it's a government-supported website, is Raising Children. I think that is one of the best we've got in the country, and it really steps through you know, developmental stuff, all those little worries that you have. And all of this is more around the first baby because once you kind of got the first baby, you kind of know if it's normal or not normal with subsequent babies. So first-time mothers need that surprise. They get, get yourself into a good mother's group. Um, we need to return the tribe to women. Makes a big difference. Hannah, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. That's Hannah Darlin. She's a professor at the School of Nursing and Midwifery at Western Sydney University. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.